leaving Shelby, Gardner-Webb uh, taking on Mercer on Saturday. So that's where Dave and I will be. Dave, of course, the voice on the running Bulldogs on football. So he's Dave Friedman. I am Mike Pacheco. The coaches show today. We thought we were going to have, for the fans of the Bearded Car Cast that know our affinity for Red Bridges Barbecue, which is on uh, 74 going out, out of Shelby back towards the highway, back to 485, or back to 85. But Red Bridges Barbecue, breaking news. I don't, I don't have the ABC News sounder anymore, but they had a transformer outage. Disappointing. So now we might just stop in the middle of the podcast if we see something on the side of the road, but I, that's probably less likely. May, that's something that would be informational, though. Where would someone stop between Shelby and Charlotte for a bite to eat? Because Red Bridges is kind of the... That's the standard in Shelby. I mean, yeah. I know that Bridges Barbecue, which is unrelated, sort of, maybe, kind of. <laughs> Depending on what legend. Well, that one's good too. Yeah. But but what about closer to Charlotte, kind of in between? Yeah. If you just wanted a quick little lunch, where would you go? I don't know. Well, you and, and I don't time, have the answer. Well, by the time people listen to this, even if they have a suggestion, we're out of luck. Well, I drive this way a lot. But yeah. So. so Dave would like to know that information. There's a posh studio over there. It's very posh. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know. We got guns and ammo. Huh. Yeah. No food though. Huh. Well, welcome to the Bearded Car Cast. Uh, a lot going on. Uh, this is uh, week three of the NFL season. I guess week four, or week, it really should be week five of the college football season. Well, I, and if you I don't read like that week zero thing. Ross Dellinger's article on Sports Illustrated yesterday, it seems as though we are uh, likely changing the college football calendar, and week zero is going to be week one for everybody in the very mm-hmm. near future. Because if they're doing the expanded playoff, which it seems oh, right. like they're doing, you have to find more weeks. If you go mm. back too far in December and January, you're competing with the NFL, so instead you move up. Yeah, that's no good. But we do have, uh, I think that's on the agenda to talk about today. Obviously, Panthers trying to get their first win. It's been uh, kind of a slow start to the year. They've been kind of close, but no cigar. Uh Matt Rule, the drumbeat gets louder and louder. Uh, Who is the Panthers' him. backup and third-string quarterbacks? Uh, well, they only have one backup right now. Well, they have P.J. Walker, and then I can't remember the kid they have in the practice squad. But uh, the um, the kid from Ole Miss. Uh, oh, got Matt hurt. Corral Matt got Corral hurt. hurt. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, because I look at like Pittsburgh situation, and there. And Sam wh- Darnold, of course, is hurt too. Right. He, I think he can come back in a couple of weeks. I look at, you know, the Steelers situation or the Falcons situation, and they've played kind of okay. I think the Falcons are 0-2 and the Steelers are 1-1. But at least at some point, if you want, you can turn it over yeah. to to Desmond Ritter or yeah. to um, uh, the, the kid from Pitt, Kenny Pickett, and maybe you got something. And, and you're right, Matt Corral, he would be that guy if the Panthers season goes up right. in flames, you're still... And Sam Darnold when he's healthy when he comes I back. mean, they're both going to get their opportunity, yeah. no question. But at some point, if the playoffs don't seem particularly likely... Right. Matt Corral's the guy you probably would want to see down the stretch. Right, yeah. and you're just kind of playing out the string with what you got. Now, that being said, it's only two weeks in. Is there a reason, and I have not watched much of the Panthers at all, I haven't found a good reason to do so. Is there reason for optimism? Well, they have to get over the proverbial hump, right? I mean, it's the the defense hasn't forced turnovers at all. They, they in fact, they have zero takeaways, um, and so you know 
one of the hallmarks of this team put a lot of pressure. They've done decent pressure, um, decent linebackers. The problem is is they haven't been able to force turnovers, kind of play that complimentary football. The offense has started slow. I mean, they've played better in the second halves of their two games than they did in the first half. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey didn't necessarily get the ball as much as he probably could have in the opener. You know, was was more into the, the, the flow of the offense. I mean, they made a purpose, uh, you know, purposefully got him the ball early on in that game. They're, I don't know, I mean, talent-wise, I think, you know, they could easily be 1-1, one one. they could be 2-0 and oh right now. Well, but. they've played two toss-up games, and they've lost both of them. Yeah. And, and how good the teams they've played is somewhat in question. Yeah. I mean, the Giants are 2-0. and oh. I don't know a lot of people that think the Giants are going to win, you know, 12 games. But maybe they're an average team or a decent team or a pretty good team. Right, well, and they have a good running game. You know, Saquon Barkley stays healthy. Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over. You know, and again, the the razor margin. You know, it's a razor thin margin, I should say. You know, in the NFL, in the middle, right? Obviously, the the, the better teams, there's some separation. But when you look at uh, coming into the games tonight, six teams at two and zero. You have um, seven teams that haven't won yet. Five are zero and two. You have the, the Texans and the Colts that are that 0-1-1. And, and then 19 teams that are 1-1. One one. Right, and the Panthers, who I, I think generally are looked at right now as 0-2 and, and short leash on the coach and the quarterback hasn't played that well, they're two, three, four, five plays from being 2-0. and yeah. I mean, so it's really easy. I mean, you know, I, I, I sort of kind of passively cheer for the Dolphins. At one time, I was a big Dolphins yeah. fan. And they're 2-0. and I mean, I don't really buy it. Like, they are really... Well, they had a convincing win against the Patriots. The Patriots, who may be good and may be mediocre and very possibly are bad. Yeah, and a really strong comeback Sunday. Right, which you just can't expect no, to you happen can't do that every with any yeah, sort no, of no. regularity. But were I mean, they have like 28 points in the fourth quarter? Right. I mean, two through six touchdowns and four in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I don't think that means he's good. It means he had a good fourth quarter. Yeah. Now, it would be fantastic if he played like that for long stretches of yeah. time, and maybe he will and maybe he won't. Now, I give the organization some credit. They clearly have emphasized speed. They're very, very mm-hmm. fast at a whole bunch of different positions, and, and that does make it difficult on your opponent. But they, they won, they beat the Patriots by scoring on defense and hitting the one big fourth down that ended up with a touchdown right before halftime. Mm-hmm. And then the Patriots just weren't good enough or yeah. didn't show enough um, pop offensively. Yeah. The Dolphins kind of sat on the ball in the second half. And, and against the Ravens, you look like you're buried yeah. and you stage a, a dramatic, fantastic comeback. So you're 2-0, and but you probably should be 1-1. One and one. And, you know, it's great that there is optimism and the fan base is excited and your players have confidence, but it's two weeks. And I think it's really easy to kind of glean more than there is out of a small sample size. Right. That being said, Buffalo looked like the best team in the NFL in week one. Yeah. They looked like the best team in the NFL in week two. Yeah, they looked terrific on Sunday. Really, uh, you know, really took command and control of that game. And, you know, Josh Allen, terrific. 
the, you know, they when you look at the teams that are two and zero. I mean, the Giants are the one team that didn't have a a, a winning record last year. Dolphins weren't a complete rebuild. That was new coach, a lot of the same pieces, nine win team from last year. Um, you know, the Bills obviously are the Bills. The Chiefs, terrific coaching job. You know, another good start to the year for them. Um, Which has been an Andy Reid staple yeah. for decades. I mean, his teams are so good at the beginning of the year. If Bill Belichick is known for kind of figuring it out and his teams mm-hmm. improving throughout the year, Andy Reid is known for getting out of the box quickly. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So, um, a couple of interesting things, though, from, from last week, right, besides the games, but the two Monday night games. Yeah, which, which what is do you be make more, of that? I mean, we've seen that in the past. Um, but not as an overlap. Right, not... Yeah, exactly. I think... I would say this. I think from a consumer standpoint... Um, I mean, the cat's out of the bag as far as... Controlling people to watch just one thing. Right? There's just so many different distractions, whether it's other games, 500 channels, uh, other things, streaming services, you know, um, you know, phones, computers. I, I What I like about it is, if the first game isn't very compelling, there's something that you can watch yeah it was really hard to get a feel for what it's like because both games sucked and therefore you you weren't really pulled into them i i think as kind of a backup as a as a hedge on one game it's it's kind of fun i'm not sure i really understand it from a business standpoint i mean yeah but think about this i mean i think if you look at it down the road it's it's like the the amazon thursday night thing right does does one of those monday night games go back to being you know, maybe an hour later, so there's two different games, and that right, becomes and like an Apple game. Or yeah, I mean, I think that's where it's going. Maybe. What did you make of the the Amazon game? Uh, I thought it was fine. I mean, it, you know, it was weird. I mean, just stylistically, it's just weird hearing Herb Street doing NFL games. What What about the quality of the broadcast? Did you get it smooth and clean from gate to wire? Um, I did. I, I I didn't have any streaming problems. Like I didn't have any. Didn't lock up on me. I could hear it clearly. Uh, didn't have like the lag or anything like that. I uh, I logged in early. I thought they might have major problems. I logged in as soon as the pregame show started okay. to make sure I was in. And by the time we got to kickoff, I was hearing the game before I was seeing it. Oh right, right, right. So the, getting a little bit of lag. Yeah, the action was. Uh, I don't know a second and a half behind the audio and I was reluctant to log out because I thought I thought I might lose the feed entirely yeah. eventually I did do that and I went back in no problem and it corrected itself I thought the quality was very bumpy I thought at times it looked tremendous it sounded great and, and then I thought there were times where it wasn't quite as sharp, yeah. and I had to go in and out, I don't know, four or five times during the broadcast, and maybe that's the speed of my ethernet and all right, of that sort right. of things. I, I read that other people didn't like kind of the fast forwarding and, and stopping and mm. starting, I didn't ca- try doing kind that, of that yeah. sort of thing with it, but it's the first time they've done it, and it's a work in progress, and overall, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, I thought in terms of the way the game was produced and directed and broadcast, 
it felt like any other game yeah, we that, watched. I didn't uh, I didn't see anything from that angle that I thought was out of place. I thought I thought it just felt like a normal network production. But if you think about it, right? I mean, yes, streaming has been around for over a decade, but not to this scale. Well, they're not used to ten million people. Plus, I mean, not to the, the scale. same thing, right? I mean, you know, yeah. you can handle five hundred people watching a winter basketball game, right? But when you have forty million people, and oh, what I, the other thing I thought that was interesting was, um, and this does not surprise me one iota, is that it was Amazon's largest single one-day subscription jump. Yeah, I would have guessed. Sub- that. I would have guessed that too. Yeah, I mean, and that's what they paid for. And that, that, right, that's right. The, it's the old ESPN2 thing. Like, they put good games on there and people will, you know, subscribe or get subscription for it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it mostly went well. And I'm excited to watch. But I think that's something you can't, you know, you have to give that time to breathe and grow. and Definitely. Because, you know, the first time isn't the, the how you to judge it. I mean, it's going to be over the long haul. But I think, you know... You know, I think the days of cable, like hard cable, are over. I mean, in DirecTV, I mean, I think eventually everything's going to be wireless and streamed over, um, you know, a streaming service. I'm fascinated to see what happens to DirecTV because I understand that the NFL ticket has been a loss leader for them. <coughs> they, they, they've lost money yeah. because they're paying so much. But I'm not clear on why people subscribe without the NFL so when it's not exclusive to DirecTV next year does can DirecTV survive the economics would work in terms of if you don't pay for the NFL your bill is less but at that point what is your motivation to stick with them over the cable over cutting the cords we already have that conversation Sam and I like do we want to hang on to it I still like Having um, the format of like a DirecTV, I liked the ATT U-verse. Obviously, we went to DirecTV because of the NFL package. Didn't want to overlap and have both. Um, for a short time, we did uh, we experimented with YouTube TV. I mean, so so there may be because of bandwidth, there may be still a place for like a hardwired situation. Well, and dollars and cents. I'm not clear if you subscribe to a bunch of streaming services, how much cheaper... Well, eventually it's going to be the same price or more. Right, because by the time you have Netflix and Hulu, the NBA package, the NFL package, I'm not sure what the savings is. You you needed the deal where you got locked in at a certain number when you bought into, you know, YouTube TV or whatever... Whatever you started at. Right. Any other NFL thoughts? The Trey Lance injury is interesting to me. It reinforces something that I've said all offseason, which is don't allow your backup quarterback to go. You're probably going to need him. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you got to have a good backup quarterback. I, I still don't understand why Cleveland had to let Baker Mayfield go. They knew that Deshaun Watson was likely going to have well, a suspension. I think, but I think that, that became about personality and chemistry. But didn't they turn it into that? It turned into the well, organization how, right. versus the quarterback. Right, right, right. But at that point, once they went and got Deshaun Watson, they had to do something. Why? Well, from my perspective, it looks like, um, you know, Baker Mayfield had a bumpy ride before that. So you want him in the clubhouse being disgruntled and, and 
and I know they're professionals, they're getting paid, I get it, but, uh, you know, I think they felt like rather than have a, a problem that could fester year long in the clubhouse, I think they deemed it was in their best interest to, to get rid of them. Yeah, there's no question that's what they deemed. I just think it's the wrong decision. Well, if you've got someone under contract at that position where guys go down left and right. Yeah, no, I agree. You I, need, I you need to have two. Yeah. That's why, you know, San Francisco hanging on to Garoppolo, you know, looks genius. And I said that on the postgame show Sunday um, because the Trey Lance injury happened, I don't know, like 10 minutes into our show. And, and then Jimmy Garoppolo runs down, you know, marches him down the field for a score. I said, that's exactly why you kept him. I mean. Right. And like, yeah, they're overpaying him. But he did renegotiate his contract. And like, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win the Super Bowl, but he can take your team into the playoffs if you think you've got a really good team built around him. Uh, to me, like, if you're paying Aaron Rodgers some ungodly amount of money, yeah, you don't want more money on the salary cap going to that position. But if your quarterback is Deshaun well, Watson, who you know is right, going to be out. Right, right. Well, I mean, do you want Jimmy Garoppolo coming in or Taylor Heineke? Exactly right. I, I think no most, offense to Taylor Heineke. most people would tell you that Jimmy Garoppolo, given the perfect situation, could win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I don't know that people are saying that about Tyler Heineke. No, no. What else on the NFL before we uh, move on here? Anything? Um, what else you got? Well, I mean, we always talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady's always a big, yep. So, I mean, they so were far, in a... So far, so good. They're 2-0. Sort of, right? They were in like a 3-3 game in the fourth quarter last week. Right, and he broke a... Uh, he, he's had a, a bad history over the years with those uh, Microsoft tablets. <laughs> I mean... Do you believe at the beginning of the year I think we both said that they were clearly the best team in the division yes, yeah. but Most we talented. were we were willing yeah. to wait and see what the other three teams looked like. Well, the Falcons have been competitive in their 0 and 2 yeah. and the Panthers are 0 and 2 and the Saints lost to Tampa Bay. Right. Do you feel more or less strongly about Tampa Bay who I think hasn't played great but like you said here they are well, and I think they have—they still have room to get better. I mean, obviously, they're going to be without Mike Evans um, facing a suspension. But, you know, I, I was thinking a weird kind of way that that might have helped the team. You know, like that just kind of like banding together and it's us against the world type of thing. And, and, and I know you're sitting there going, well, they won the Super Bowl two years ago. But every team's different. Even though a lot of guys come back, every, you know, you, you don't pick up where you left off necessarily. I mean, you sometimes know, you can, but usually it's not. I heard Booger McFarland talking about this on the radio one day about why is it so hard for a team to repeat. And, and he said it's it's all those extra reps. It's when you haven't won, you're doing a little bit more. And even if yeah. in your head that's not the case, you just won the Super Bowl, like you're not setting out to cut corners, but you're like, well, we've done it before. We, we we know how to do this, and you just you lose a little bit of that edge. And I think that's what's remarkable about what the Patriots were able to do. But it goes back to the mentality that Bill Belichick had. I mean, they, you know, as much as it was coach speak, you know, he would say, "Hey, doesn't matter if we won last year. Doesn't matter." And he they ingrained that every single day. And you had players, particularly Tom Brady, that didn't buy into the rubber chicken circuit. And you know, I mean. You know, it reminds me a little bit of when we first got the jobs at Winthrop. And I would go to practice, 
and the sense of urgency that Greg Marshall had at practice every day. I, 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 I don't even really remember the specifics, yeah. but there was always a slight, there was always a motivation for, it was always us against the world and we're pissed off right. every freaking day. Right. And, and like, they were the dominant team in the league when we showed up and they were the dominant team in the league for, for several years after that. But the huge carrot out there for them wasn't winning the league guaranteed them a spot in the tournament. So yes, they still had to do all that. But their goal was to go into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I remember him though one time. It was early in the year. I forget what happened. It might have been against a non-Division One opponent. The third-string point guard, a walk-on, played really good. Mm. And just to try to twist his arm for practice the next day, Kyle Moore, the third-string point guard, was put on the second-string point guard duties. And DeAndre Adams was moved back to the third string. And it was done specifically just to twist his yeah, arm. Right. And Greg walked around practice respond, yeah. going, man, our backup point guard isn't so sure he's the backup anymore. He thought he was going to be in the role to, to be potentially the starting point guard. And that, now look at him. Now he's playing with the freaking walk-ons. I'm like, it was always that. There was yeah. always a prodding. There was always yeah. a twisting of yeah. the arm. Well, that's a little bit harder to do at the pro level, but no, no question. But but it is. But you gotta, you have to. I mean, I think one of the things that was so great about the Patriots era was they they were able to create those slights and absolutely. And, and again, it starts with Brady. Brady, Brady felt like. All the controversies they had, the deflate game, yeah. that all brought them together. No, but I think the thing about Brady, and I believe him, I don't think it was all total BS. He always came into every game, every practice, thinking the guy behind him was, could take his job because he was a six-round pick. You know, wasn't you know highly you know wasn't a number one draft pick, and he always thought that he had to fight. Yeah, every whether day. it's the coaching staff doing it or it's something external. But when you have it combined, when you have it, yep. You know that's the thing. It's there was, you there have was to overlap. find that motivation, yeah. and there is overlap. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, it's certainly been a fun start to the year. I would be very reluctant to cast dispersions. Buffalo looks like the best team. Yeah. Do I think Buffalo is going to win the Super Bowl? No, probably not. Could they? Sure. Absolutely. They look, but you don't win Super Bowls in September. Right. A lot will happen between now and and. Right. December and January and so forth. What is happening now, though, is the President's yes, Cup yes. is, is kind of in your backyard. It's in my backyard, yeah. I, I haven't been, you know, this year I didn't uh, really go seeking out opportunities to go, um, and none have found me either. <laughs> but uh, I don't. I think it's one of those things where I don't get excited about it. But once it starts, I, I um, I'll, I'll start to pay attention. The big and this is going to be so inside baseball. Um, the, the real problem with this tournament, though, is is the, the lane closure on Glen Eagles, because it's hard to cut over. <laughs> it's hard to cut over from. Uh, Do you feel like the President's Cup being at Quail Hollow, having this significant event, is a big deal in the sense of a are people talking and jazzed up about it, and b is it a major deal from the economic standpoint is this does this matter to charlotte is it important if 
Charlotte wants a U.S. Open, it's important. They've already got another PGA coming. Um, this isn't... I, I think they're trying to elevate Quail Hollow. Um, you know, if you if you read uh, Johnny Harris's comments, Johnny Harris is one of the big power brokers in town. Um, his family helped build uh, Quail Hollow Country Club. He's, uh, you know, there's not... A, there's probably few major developments in town that he hasn't had a hand in or a say in or advised in. Um, and, you know, he was a little coy with Eric Spanberg about what, what's the future. I think they have two more years left on the deal with Wells Fargo for the Wells Fargo Championship. This year it was in D.C., I think. Um, it'll because, come back next because, year because, because the president's right. was here. And you can't do that. Um, you want to go Columbia? Right? Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay, this is one of those. Uh, we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Lane change here. By the way, we're uh, now uh, transgressing onto 485, uh, the outer but, um, but, so what is the future of the tournament? Is it, you know, I, the one thing about this tournament is it's, you know, Charlotte's largest cocktail party. It's always a fun event. It's usually in May. Obviously, this being the President's Cup, it's going to be in September. The weather this week is going to be beautiful. They're going to be a sellout. Um, I think the ticket sales ahead of time, it was sold out ahead of time, I think. So I, I think what happens is this this becomes one of the another measuring stick in Charlotte's cap and when it comes to the golf world and the golf world has, has taken notice. I mean, a lot of the things that they did early on in the in the Wells Fargo Championship um, are now standard things that you see on tour. Some of the amenities, you know, they take care of the players, they take care of the players' as friends and spouses, and um, and you know this is and if you've ever lived in Charlotte or been to Charlotte, I mean, it's 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 very much a typical. Charlotte, go see to be seen, but business is conducted there. You know, the, the banks all have um, even corporate tents. They all have corporate tents. All the big, you know, and we've had a lot of, you know, Honeywell's now in town. There's a lot of defense companies that have uh, headquarters there. You know, there's, there's a big presence here. It's not just a banking capital anymore. And so um, that's one of the ways that the Charlotte kind of flexed its financial muscle. And it's well attended and it's, it's usually, if not always, a great time. Yeah. I, you know how I feel about the Wells Fargo. It is a regular tour event, which is to say it's a good thing for the city to have. It's fun to go to, but it's very hard for me to get really amped up over it. I mean, who wins But the President's major? Cup's kind of a made-up thing, right? It's not like a major... Yeah. It's the, not the Ryder Cup. I mean, right. it's important and it's good. And, you know, I think there's a little bloom off the rose a little bit this year because a lot of the uh, live tour guys, or well, none of the live guys, the tours can play. Um, so I think I would say this: I think golf in Charlotte at the professional level is such a thing that it's it's more a lot of people that go. Yeah, you do have the hardcore golf people and people that are following golf, but it's really people that just want to have like three or four beers during the day, day drink, have fun with their friends, watch a little golf. Again, it's a giant social cocktail party, but it's a very successful one. Um, I don't think that... I, I, I wouldn't put it quite in the category of minor league baseball. I mean, I think if you sampled people exiting, I think they would give you some sort of result of what happened on the golf course. But it's not like you would see coming out of a, a, an NFL game. Um, I think that's really well said. It, it, it's not the Panther crowd. It's not the NFL vibe. But from a once a year thing to do be seen have a good time it, it, it's a something i think from a sports perspective 
it's more or less a nothing. You have to be a pretty diehard golf fan yeah. to be a President's Cup guy or care who wins the tour event that yeah. is not right. the Masters, the British Open, Now, whatever. the Wells Fargo, I will say, is a little bit different. And I think the PGA is a little bit different. The people... Oh, the PGA is completely yeah, different. Yeah, no, I'm saying this event is, is, is going to be more of like the cocktail party event. When, when you see the, the Wells Fargo Championship, I mean, it's, you know, people are into it. Uh, now, there are a lot of those people that are there just for the day drinking and having a fun and, you know, wearing their, you know, the Kentucky Derby hats. And that's fine. That's good. Um, that golf is taken more seriously. This is less, less, I, I would think is less serious. But people are going to enjoy it and they'll have fun. It's great for the city. And I think President Bush and President Clinton are going to be attending. And there's reports that possibly that uh, the sitting president, uh, President Biden, will be attending on Sunday. Okay. That should cause even more traffic problems. Oh, my for God. You. I'm like, now, now i got to leave real early to go. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, uh, hello, Secret Service. I know you got a lot going on today. No, you don't want to give up too many details, but am I okay leaving for the Panthers at <laughs> 9 o'clock and I get there on time? I really think sporting events that take place during football season get such half like hearted excitement like well think the about president's this. Think cup's about, a big deal in yeah. charlotte because it's in charlotte but if the president's cup was in uh <laughs> tulsa or denver or miami yeah. or uh chicago there wouldn't be anybody in charlotte who gave a who yeah i think that's fair and if the president's cup was taking place and it was not the middle of football season, I think there'd be a lot more interest. Not, you know, a huge interest, but, <coughs> but it's the same thing with the U.S. Open tennis. I get into it yeah. for the first week or so, and then football starts. Right, it kind of fades. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, you've been listening to listener-supported Bearded Carcast, Dave well, Friedman, I'm Mike Pacheco. We have to talk about baseball. We don't talk about baseball a ton. We know we that I, I have uh, more or less stopped watching baseball you gave altogether. Up this year. Yeah, the A's were bad, and you kind of folded it in. Well, it was it was a lot more to it. Which no, we no, I, but I think. About. But yes, that I is think, part. I think I think I think a lot of what you're going to say is true, but I think if the A's were in first place right now, you'd be dialed in. Perhaps, if the A's had a new ballpark, I would be dialed in regardless of what the yeah. record. Yeah. But, but that's is that's that another happen? story. I don't know, but we're going to find out in the next six or twelve months, I think. Yeah. Um, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. All rise. He is having a great season. I just hope he has this good a season next year with the Red Sox. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I was very certain a month ago that he was not the MVP mm. because Shohei Otani is one of the 10 best right. hitters and one of the 10 yeah. best pitchers in baseball and how can one hitter be better than someone that is right. top 10 in both but if Aaron Judge wins the triple crown yes no. that puts him in a whole, whole different, different <laughs> well and I think you also have to and I know we're talking about individual achievements within a team sport. I do think the fact that he's the best player on one of the best teams. Yep. I think that says something. You know, I think I think the more compelling argument is no disrespect to Otani because he is terrific, and I agree with everything you said. And he's a two-way player. Well, I think he is the definition of value. But if they were like battling the the Astros right now, 
in the West, I'd be like, that's a tough call. Well, I think it's a tough call. It's still now. a tough call, but if I, Aaron Judge does not win the Triple Crown, I think Otani is the MVP because he is actually more valuable. It's not the best player. It's not the best offensive player. It's not the best pitcher. Yeah, but if you it's take Aaron most, Judge off that team, they're they're probably where the Angels are. I don't believe that at all. Otani. That might is, have been a hyperbole. But. <laughs> Oh, Otani is their best pitcher and their best hitter. No, I agree with you. I would suggest that if you took Otani off the Angels, they would have more losses taken away from yes, them yes. than Judge with the yes, Yankees. No, yeah, if you did that comparison, heads up, you're 100% correct. I mean, it seems to me that Otani should be the highest paid player in baseball by 30 or 40 or 50 or 60% because of the, the two things he can do. Yeah. That being said, the season the judge is having... Yeah. I just can't wait uh, to see what Otani does when he's playing for the Red Sox next year. Right. <laughs> is Judge a free agent at the end of the year? Yeah. Now, I think... I mean, that's fascinating. As a, as, a, as a lover of the sport of baseball, taking away my Red Sox allegiance right now, uh, the Yankees have to sign him. Like, it, it, like, he is a New York Yankee. They're a traditional... But he'll then get the money. I mean, he'll get... Yeah, I mean, someone's going to pay a King's Ransom for him. Not a King's Ransom. It's got to be the biggest contract in the yeah. history of the sport. Well, I would put that in the King Ransom category. I'm, but, like, what, what not, is... Not the, the Prince Ransom. What's the deal that Tatis... Was, oh, yeah, it was crazy. It was... Um, I don't remember... And we're in a car. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but... It, it was insane. So he signed the huge deal... And, and did because um, I think they're talking about it was it like forty million a year. Well, let's see if I can pull it up. I mean, and the year offensively the judge is having is is way way greater. Yeah. And they're the Yankees. Wow, that's a he can't is is he represented by Scott Boras? Judge. Yeah. I just kind of assume all of those guys are. That that'll be fascinating because the amount of money he's going to get is so unbelievable. And if he's on the free market, anybody can bid. Although most teams don't have the the capital to bid against the Yankees, but you, you just you can't imagine the Yankees getting outbid. Yeah, he is not represented. Uh, Paige Odell is his agent. Wow, that's surprising. I don't know that it matters. I mean, his his prowess stands on its yeah. own. So he turned down thirty million dollars a year. Um, for basically a, a How six old or seven-year deal, the judge. Um, let's see, that's a good question too. I I would think he's looking at a shorter contract so that he can sign another massive yeah, deal. Yeah, he's right? thirty years old. Oh, he's thirty. He turned thirty in April. Wow, so that's so he'll be tough. thirty-one next year. Does he sign a ten-year deal, and you understand that the back end of that is not going to be as good, or does he sign like a a four-year deal? I guess he's. I too thought I old. heard somewhere that someone someone said maybe a shorter deal, but like uh, with a crazy like a fifty to fifty per year number. Wow, I, that's probably a little bit too high, but. I could see someone going four years. I don't think four. it is too high because I think someone else will bid for that. Well, let's see who's who. Who are the bidders? I mean, who are the right like well, eight no, but, largest revenue? Right, right. No, but I mean, but who, who, who? What teams have the stones to make that deal? I think Dodgers, Padres. But I don't think the Dodgers would. I mean, that's with the payroll the Dodgers already have. That's, that's a, maybe I'd say there are maybe. Possibly. Dodgers, Padres, Red Sox, Red Sox Yankees. Yankees. I mean, the Cubs would have the capital Cubs if they wanted the, yeah, to. Right. Um, 
I don't know who. The I, only thing, the only thing I would say about the fifty number is, and again, every year you're resetting the market anyway, right? But that just sets the market so much higher. Right, but he's a free free agent. It's not like a contract where you're renegotiating. It's not an extension. No, but you're right. But could 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 I see that? I mean, four at fifty is two hundred million. Right. But if you okay, so that's an interesting discussion. If you could get two hundred for four years in your judge, and now you're a free agent and you're thirty four, thirty five, would you rather that, or would you rather just using very, very basic numbers, would you rather four hundred for ten years? Yeah, as guaranteed. Right. I I think you're like we saw what happened. No, with the I, I understand. Contract. I understand from him. If you're an owner that does have some financial, you're concerned about finances a little bit. Uh, Four hundred million to ten years for a guy that's thirty-one. That, that's that seems like a worse contract than four for yeah. two hundred. I, I don't know that. Yeah. If you get him four for two hundred, you're getting the four best years of his career remaining. Right. If you're going long term, you know it's diminishing returns. Exactly. I agree. I totally agree with that. I don't know, but he's gonna. I tell you what, he's gonna have. Um, They'll have one of those deals where he'll make more in one one day than we'll make in our lifetime. <laughs> right, but is he going to be at Mercer Gardner Webb? Right, no, he's not going to be there. Yeah, Saturday no. and Monday, is he going to be at the first Winter Basketball I don't think practice he will be. of the year? I don't think so. He will be. I mean, yeah. you know, you got to balance it out, right? Like, take, what's, take, what's important in life? Take the good with the bad. Take the good with the bad. I'm fired up for basketball practice. I can't to get wait. Started. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm excited for it too. I gotta get my swag. I haven't got my swag yet, so. Oh, it's sitting in Mitchell's. I know. Office. I know. I'll see him on Monday. <laughs> yep, we're good. We're good to go. All right, no lunch for us. Uh, but uh, I don't think I have anything to make it home, Dave. When you drop me off, I'm sorry. Oh, you want me to stop at Krispy Kreme? Uh, we could stop at Krispy Kreme. Bojangles. That's not really a good lunch spot, unless we got like two Krispy Kreme donuts and grabbed like a Bojangles biscuit. And put the, oh man. That sounds disgusting. Doesn't it really it? does. <laughs> What about a slice of apple on there, just to make it somewhat healthy? We've got some apples. I know. We had to, what do we have? The uh, you had the Swiss gourmet. The Swiss gourmet. That's was my delicious. favorite apple. It was delicious. It's the best. It was delicious. But we got bad news. The, uh, the the stand that we stopped in Henderson uh, is closed. Yeah, yeah. The the longtime proprietor yeah. passed away, and they decided not to continue. So there's no there's no, no apples stand on the road. right yeah, on the uh, freeway there. That stinks. It is. But you know what? We'll persevere. So we got Marshall uh, coming up in two weeks. Uh, we got Gardner Webb, Mercer coming up this week. Practice on Monday, so lots going on. We got uh, Big South Media Days coming up in about a month, so stay tuned for uh, information on that. You can email us uh, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. Follow along on Twitter at beardedcarcast, and that's it for us. This is a listener-supported bearded carcast. <laughs>